And when you know your own voice, when you've practiced, when you've failed thousands of times in your sketchbook and you're fearless to jump in with your skill, then you can fit in your own personal innovation and your own personal creative voice within the system that you're stepping into. Yo everyone, it's me again, Jay Christ, and welcome to another episode of The Design Lab Show. In episode 104 of TDLS, I sat down with Forrest Stearns. Forrest is the principal artist at Drawer Everywhere, a design studio in Oakland that specializes in art direction, illustration, and the production of unique creative projects. Stearns also has a passion for producing artists in residence programs in companies that connect art, science, and technology. Currently, he's partnering with Google AI, Quantum AI in Santa Barbara to produce a unique air program and create unique paintings around their quantum computers. In this episode, we talk about his amazing grown-up stories, practical experiences on how he was able to jump into innovation from being a traditional artist, how he was able to connect solution making and arts to solving a business problem, non-traditional art environments or blue oceans like aerospace and quantum, actionable tips for designers on creatively designing experiences, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. So we had a lot of great topics here. So I had fun talking with Forrest, especially learning more about his process and actionable advice for designers, especially for Filipino creative professionals out there. So hopefully you'll enjoy this and make sure you take notes uh, what you've learned and try to integrate that into your creative and meaningful journey. All right. So that's it. If you haven't already, follow the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting app and go to the designlifeshow.com to learn more about it. All right. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to The Design Life Show, a podcast that's helping everyone grow to live a meaningful and creative life. It's me, Jay Christ, a designer from the Philippines, best known for being an advocate of essentialism and optimism. I'm sitting down with awesome people to talk about their journey, their process, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Hey everyone, it's me again, Jay Christ, and I'm super stoked right now. Uh, I've got a, a, an amazing guest here uh, with the Design Live show. So I'm super fascinated about his work, you know, uh, about his journey, especially, uh, you know, the creativity and the design uh, uh, in the design space. Uh, and uh, uh, without further ado, so I think uh, I, you know, uh, I would just do the intro uh, before uh, before we you know before we uh, go to the to the actual conversation on the on the post production. But you know, without further ado, Forrest is here. Hey, sir, Forrest, how are you? <laughs> hey, I'm good, Jay Christ. Thank you so much for having me across the world. I'm, it's really an honor to be here. Pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, it's always my pleasure to you know to have some amazing. Uh, guests on the podcast so yeah just to give some a little context you know just to to for uh, to anyone who are listening right now especially who haven't heard you you know who haven't heard uh what are you doing can you share a little bit about your background and uh what are the things going on on your end yeah thanks for asking 
My name is Forrest Stearns, and I run an illustration-based artistic adventure studio here in Oakland, California. So we're in the San Francisco Bay Area in the bubbling heart of technology and startup land. Entrepreneurship seems to fall out of people's houses and drip down the street. You know, it's definitely the common conversation of what's happening in a lot of businesses. And as a designer, as an illustrator, as someone who creates experiences for facilitating creativity and creative permission, I love to work shoulder to shoulder with scientists and entrepreneurs, technologists to kind of dovetail where the beauty and the awe of art and the the beauty and the the problem-solving nature of design meets these industries and these educational systems. So we kind of bring the best out of both sides of it. Uh, my background is I was a fine artist and a street artist first. I was always taken in by the beauty of illustration and how illustrators got to work directly with their clients and got to bring out the best ideas with their clients as designers, as problem solvers, as solution makers. And so I studied illustration second, got a master's degree in illustration and constantly was on the practice, constantly was on the prowl for working with great people, always, always drawing, always producing work, super prolific with my team, creating community, having tons of art shows, crossing over between the fine art land and illustration land. And 20 years later, we're putting art on everything. We're putting art <laughs> everywhere from spaceships, <laughs> quantum, yeah. you know, rocket ships, mm -hmm. giant buildings. So it's really been a, a story about drawing a lot. My moniker is draw everywhere and really getting down with bringing out the best in other people and other people's ideas. You know, it's been about how do we make community and on our own team and how do we celebrate community and, and cross the chasm between industries and silos and thinkings to create bigger communities and, you know, just help people illuminate their valuable ideas. Yeah, 100%. That's super cool. And before we go dive in on the, you know, uh, one of your works, which is space art, right? So yeah. I just want to learn more uh, for us you know when you're just getting started you know growing up as a uh, how have you discovered your artistic skills when you're when you're just you know a kid how, how is it can you share a little bit a background of your you know of yeah. your childhood yeah 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 interesting question jay christ um my childhood i'm an only child and i grew up in the country uh up in the mountains so east of the bay area up by yosemite national park that's kind of a, a landmark that everyone has seen pictures of mm -hmm. if you haven't uh, visited there so i grew up right outside of yosemite it's definitely a beautiful na natural environment heavenly place it smells amazing it's nice and warm in the summer times, you know, definitely worth coming and visiting. So I grew up in and around nature. My parents were very much uh, in the mindset of let's get outside, let's enjoy nature. Nature is our church. Let's really celebrate the beauty and the duende and the awe and the animism of everything around us. So my mom was a nurse and a self-made designer, and my dad was an amazing cabinet maker and a builder. And they still live in the house that I grew up in. They're really into horses, really into camping all the time. And so I spend a lot of time going up and visiting them. It's about two hour drive from here. And so my my life growing up was
was a lot about being out in the woods, catching snakes, catching frogs, drawing everything, really creative permission. But they also taught me how to present my work and how to make work in the common conversation, not just fine art, not just emotional based art, not just art that needed to fall into art history, but how do I help create solutions for people? I was illustrating things in elementary school for folks. And so it kind of came second nature to me, but I was never really preened and primed to go to college. That was really my kind of kryptonite because being from a small town, you know, they were like, if you want to do something great with your life, when you grow up, you got to figure out how to get to college. So yeah, I'm connecting with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm also from the suburb area of the Philippines. So basically, uh, educations are, you know, really costly, right? Uh, In in the city, right? So they, they, uh, before you get a decent job, you know, you have to really have a a decent diploma as well. Yeah, Yeah. you got a decent diploma, but you also have to, (laughs) you have to be empirically trained as well. You have to be kind of fearless and lean in. So, you know, my parents were all about getting me trained, Mm -hmm. but they weren't preening me for college. So I had to figure that out on my own. So I took the long path, but ultimately, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid from the, from nature. I love nature and I still get out in nature as much as possible, but I live in the city now because the industries that I love to work in and the people that I love to work with happen to mostly be congregating in big cities. So the West coast is the best coast and we get down over here. We do a lot of really big work, but based on nature, we wrap quantum computers based on nature. We put uh, beautiful scenes on spaceships based on nature. You know, always celebrating the awe and the the duende of art and nature together. But now we're just putting that vivacious, bold mark in other spaces and other places. That isn't really people don't expect it, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think that's it's super amazing, right? So just wanna you know, I'm I'm super curious, Boris, with in terms you mentioned, you know, uh, when when I'm listening to you. To your, to our, to your, uh, you know, uh, to the things that we are talking about. So uh, you mentioned solutions and art, right? So I think yeah. it's, you, you know, when I'm just getting started, I just wanna. Uh, create some cool stuff you know i just want to make sure that it's pleasing to the eye and sometimes it's it's kind of you know solution would just come after it right so uh, as a designer or as as an artist we try to uh, create beautiful things right and sometimes we forget the solutions part so how do you you know how do you connect those things because for me on my uh, when i'm just getting started it's really hard right like you mentioned it, you have to learn it uh, how about your perspective about that uh, when when you are you know trying to uh, emerge on this uh, on these solutions and art problems for be problem solving can you can you share your process with that or any insights about that yeah yes i think that's two-sided uh Mm -hmm. great great question uh solution making problem solving from the business perspective really comes down to four things right we are we're visual beasts we are creating visual solutions for people first and foremost and that's how people relate to things first is with their eyes you know we're basically animals that are trained on fight or flight if it's beautiful if it looks robust if it looks uh, full of sugar and sweet we come up (laughs) right like we want to approach it and eat it if it's good and sustaining for us if it's scary we want to run from it we want to grab a stick and defend ourselves and our families from it you know so the visuals connect to the emotion if we create something that's emotional we have to drive that emotion rather than let it drive for us because we want to connect with our people you know it's got to be functional whatever we're designing needs to function within the space or else it's never going to solve a problem it's just a 
widget that's going to be a doorstop are going to go in the garbage, you know, or going to get erased in something else that's going to solve uh, solve whatever problem it is because non-functional things may be pretty for a moment, but they get forgotten about unless they have a lot of emotion and, and beauty. And then lastly, you know, it's got to fit financially. It's got to be affordable within the space that we're creating it for. So when you're creating something for your design business, it kind of has to wrap around those parameters. The other side of that is the personal legacy of what's solution making. So my whole life, I've loved to draw. And thankfully, I've been, I've always had permission to draw in my life. And it's all, drawing has always been my drug of choice. It's always been the thing that I go to, even when I'm shy, even when I can't, when I don't have anything to say in a conversation, I always have a sketchbook. So drawing, practicing has been the thing that has made me a great illustrator. Early on, I was drawing a lot. I got all the way to grad school and in grad school, and I'll tell this to all of all of our listeners, if you don't go to grad school, do this one thing. Get yourself, always have a sketchbook on you and write down every single creative idea that you have. Write it, give yourself permission to whip out that sketchbook and write down that idea so you don't have to have that idea again. That's how you solve your own, create your own solutions and, and make solutions for your own problems that you're seeing in the world. Write down every solution that you see could be made with your design skills. And all of a sudden you'll have thousands of pages of solutions, great drawings, shitty drawings. You'll just be building and building and building on your talent every day. You don't need to make perfect drawings. So I got out of grad school and I had 20 books filled in two years. And my director said, wow. <laughs> don't need to write a thesis. You have shown that you have a thought process and a that you are following your own path to create solutions because you have filled sketchbooks. And he said, this is what is going to make you a master. He's like, you get, you got some great technique here at grad school and you empirically, you already came in talented, but the way that you will get super good for the rest of your life is writing down every idea. And you don't have to draw your ideas because writing them is is a different personal language. You can write them in different ways, write them with, you know, you can write them in poetry or write them in prose or write it in really technical talk. Like get that, get it out of your head, get it onto paper, and then you can have a conversation with yourself. That's how you make yourself a genius is by standing on your own shoulders. So that's my, that was how I got good was by practicing every single day, hours a day, not just on perfect pieces, but on practice pieces, because practice makes practice makes practice, always trying to get to perfection, but we know we'll never get there, but we try to get there because it's really romantic. So <laughs> yeah, man, know, know the rules of yeah. business, know the rules of practice, and you'll get there. Yeah, that's super powerful, and thank you for sharing that. And I think with all this tremendous work that you are putting out there, right, and, you know, tremendous... Uh, growth uh, you are having right now. I, I'm just really curious for us uh, when you're just getting started in traditional, right? So yeah, I'm 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 really connecting with it because I love writing, right? And it feels like this is my own space, right? Nobody could take it, right? Mm. Even though my personal uh, personal data is out there, but you can take anything that inside my notebook or inside my journal and it, you don't have to be tech savvy about it right and yeah. this is super traditional and i'm just curious for us uh, for anyone who find it really overwhelming to really uh, you know uh, from traditional to more on to innovations more on to digital it's it's really hard to you know to connect this right uh, in some point uh, for for me in some uh, i think there's no 
uh, there's there's no such thing as a beginner. Every uh, every one of us will be a beginner in any level of our life, right? So how how do you overcome this, right? When you're trying to transition from uh, from uh, being a traditional artist, or uh, I don't know if that's uh, that's the best way to uh, to it's the best term, but and to you know jump shift to a more innovative, a more you know precise work, a more a solution-based focus works. Sure, I mean let's 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 unpack that mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah. The, the the idea of innovation. You know, I was just uh, reading a book last night as I was drawing some the, a series of portraits for Verizon Media, and the idea innovation is really like you'll be a, you want to try anything because you want to get a new idea. You want to be acting without rules. You want to be irresponsible and playful. Innovation is playful. Innovation is what our kids do, right? You can't always yeah. be innovative, or else like you'll have. You'll have paint on the walls if you're always innovating. You you don't have an envelope if you're innovating. You want to have that innovative spirit, but you have to set up parameters. You have to set up rules for yourself in order to actually function. And so much of, of successful design is successful pattern recognition, is, is a successful lifestyle. As Patrick O'Connell says with a profitable designer, like you got to get your head right. You got to get your mind right. You got to get your body right. You got to get your time right. You got to get your day right. You got to get your process right. And then finally, after you got all these processes, then you can start being creative. Then you can start doing your art. Most artists don't start with process. They don't start with how what what systems are in my life that I can control and then be created with. Like innovation doesn't need to happen in every single aspect of your life. Innovation only needs to happen in the, the very, very creative, loose part of your art side of your design work. And all the other stuff really needs to be more patterned because the world <laughs> the world works in systems. Like if the whole world was trying to innovate all the time, it'd be crazy chaotic. You know, we'd be fighting each other and like eating mm-hmm. each other and cannibals and you know, it would it, it would be chaos. oh dude <laughs> but the fact that we have systems like we have such a dope system that you can call me from the philippines and we can record and talk to each other like we're in the same room like amazing systems you and i could work together and collaborate on projects through the systems of communication and technology right we and so 100%. Successful designers, we have to understand those systems and be able to work within them. And when you know your own voice, when you've practiced, when you've failed thousands of times in your sketchbook and you're fearless to jump in with your skill, then you can fit in your own personal innovation and your own personal creative voice within the system that you're stepping into because no one really cares about us as artists. They only care about the solution that they need with our technique, right? Mm -hmm. Like no one's gonna come to you and say, Jay Christ, I'm gonna put you in a museum because you're an amazing designer. They're not gonna say, Forrest, I wanna put you in a museum because you're an amazing designer. (laughs) They're gonna say, I have a solution I need and you're an artist and through you, we're gonna get my solution in a museum. And I'm I'm in a number of museums and they didn't come to me because I'm great. They came to me because they wanted to be in a museum through me. And as designers, we need to know they can get to wherever they want to through us. We need to be okay with letting our our own egos go and just being that solution maker for people. And yeah, that's that's really <laughs> what I have to say about innovation. And it yeah. really comes down to trust. You know, it comes down to the more you innovate in your own sketchbook, the more chaos that you can provide and the more creative permission you can have in your own 
sketchbook with your crew constantly pushing each other, that's that's when you innovate. And then when you get in front of a client, you're like, hell yeah, I'm tight because I've, I've straight done it all already. Um, you know, just in waiting, I've been waiting to succeed for you, you know? So that's, that's how I think yeah. that crossover feels to me. Yeah. And makes sense. The, yeah. Super powerful. Mm-hmm. Really interesting places with that mindset. Yeah. That's super powerful. Thank you for sharing that for us. And I want to, you know, I want to, Uh, kind of connect when you say understanding system right so it's it's uh, i've saw your ted talk like the uh, uh, space art dream remix right so and uh, i've i've watched it it's super amazing you know you uh, you you did a great job on on uh, on bringing value to 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 to, the, to those audience who are you who you are talking with right and uh, uh when when you when we understand system right so uh it it's kind of it's kind of it's it's pretty much uh uh what you call this it's it's like you're free right or but at the same time you have to follow uh, uh some some kind of uh commitment or rules right and uh, c- can you share your can you share your uh your space art dream remix uh, you know just to make sure for anyone who haven't heard that right so how do you came up with the solutions to bring your art to you know to outer space right so i'm just super fascinated about that i can't Uh even think about it you know it's it's blowing my mind right now Uh, what's you know how how do you do it well and why you do why do you why you do that (laughs) how do you put art in space well that's a great (laughs) question it is (laughs) it is a beautiful 13 minute um it was Uh, learning how to give a TED talk mm-hmm. was a, a piece of art unto itself. Um, the primer before before I gave a TED talk was I'm a very uh, charismatic artist. Uh, that's the the outfit, the uniform I wear when I'm out in my art. Um, when I'm being an artist, I'm trying to be charismatic and I'm trying to let art lead. I'm actually kind of shy and introspective and introverted when I'm alone but I need to be uh, my best self. I need to be the gregarious artist and lead with creativity when I'm out representing the artists, you know, as we are doing right now. And so um, I came from a background of putting art on a lot of things. I loved to paint big, big murals on big things. I love to be draw everywhere. So I found myself uh, talking to a gentleman who had a spaceship company. And um, this gentleman, his name was Robbie gave a beautiful talk. We're out in the woods at a camp and he was talking about the future of aerospace. And the whole time he's talking, you know, I'm thinking, I wonder if anyone's ever drawn on a spaceship. I wonder if anyone's ever done. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't really know much about aerospace, so I wasn't really Mm -hmm. diving in and connecting with the science part of it. You know, I love a good sci-fi book. I love a good sci-fi movie. You know, I grew up on that, but I didn't study this stuff. But I'm thinking the whole time, How can I apply what I love to do on on what this guy does? And I've got my sketchbook. I'm writing down ideas, writing down what he's saying, voraciously drinking his knowledge into my sketchbook. And after he gives his talk, I'm, I say to myself, you know, I need to I need to ask this gentleman. And so I walked up to him through the crowd, through the questions. I said, hey, Robbie, do you know the World War II bombers that have the pinup girls painted on them? because that was the only piece of art that I knew he would know. It's kind of like 
graffiti on airplanes. And he goes, yeah. And I go, Robbie, let's paint on your satellites. And instead of saying no, I mean, I audaciously just walked up and asked for permission. <laughs> and anybody can ask for permission to anything. Like any of the artists listening to this, like I give you absolute permission and I, I say go, go ask for permission to put art on what you want to because the only thing you can get that's bad is a no. But imagine if you got the spaceship guy to say yes. This guy said yes to me. And all of a sudden, I'm dreaming in my sketchbook, writing down great ideas. This guy says yes. And because I had drawn on a thousand, I drawn a thousand great ideas in my sketchbook <laughs> and I had drawn on a lot of walls and failed a ton of times, I was just ready to make this happen. He said, show up on said date. Let's do this. And what I thought was going to be a little bit of art on, on one spaceship ended up being five years of being the principal artist and doing a lot of art direction and creative direction at wow. a firm that was a very small firm at first. And then it grew to almost 500 people while I was there. And we put art on every single spaceship with a laser etcher. And I figured out a system to get art on spaceships that it wasn't paint, it wasn't Sharpies, it wasn't silkscreen, it was with laser beams. And then we were, I was making big paintings that then we were making stickers and putting them on rocket ships. And then I would fly around the world to different radio, radio spots and paint on radio domes. You know, I'm down in New Zealand painting on radio domes. Back to the practice that I was doing early on. Let's put art on things. Let's draw a lot. Let's practice. I drew, I probably drew hundreds of drawings before I did these final works. But because I did hundreds of drawings, I didn't need to show anyone. Like you just said, you don't need to show anyone you're writing. You just got to get it out mm -hmm. of your head. I was ready because I did my, my artistic push-ups, you know, my artistic training. I was ready. <laughs> And these guys didn't speak, these girls at the aerospace firm, they didn't speak technical art. I was definitely the most trained drawer, painter, uh, designer, uh, artistic designer in the room, but I was not the most creative person in the room. And that's something all of us creatives who wear the creative badge need to know is we may have studied design, we may be good pushing pixels, making vectors, drawing pictures, designing experiences, but we are not the most creative people in the room. Usually, you know, most most people that are in the innovation space, entrepreneur space, technological space are also solving problems on a rapid pace. Right. These guys were putting space yeah. in the sky. These girls were figuring out how rocket ships get to space, figuring out how to make a business out of that. Like these are all really epic solution makers. I had to come with my A game. I showed up with a new way to speak the mission-driven language. And because of that, I always had a seat at the table. I bring out the best in people because I ask a lot of questions. And I show up with my best work. So it, it's not just design talk. It's design action. You know, I make big, wow. exciting pieces. I don't just show people my screen. I show people a, a four-by-six-foot canvas or a giant mural and say, hey, let's take this Let's bring this solution to you. And like, you know, back to Patrick, it's not about the art. It's about what problem can I solve for you? Here's some case studies. I mean, you, <laughs> I reached out to you because I was really how you phrase case studies. And it is about how we solve, make solutions so other people can get their solutions made with our design skills. Our art doesn't, yeah, matter. I love that. It doesn't matter. It's the, the mm -hmm. customer's need for the solution that matters. Um, our art matters for our sketchbook, <laughs> you know, and for our community. 
Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, but I want to tell you this, I got to the aerospace company. We had a, mm-hmm. we had a great time. It was, it was really hot. Awesome. It was really awkward and it was really amazing and full of awe. You know, it, did you hours. do some handshakes or fist it was bump? <laughs> 100% handshakes at that moment, you gotcha. know, pre COVID. So we were in, we were in close proximity. Um, but so the Ted talk, this is worth listening. This is yeah. worth mm-hmm. talking about. Um, I wrote a Ted talk and I had it down here in my studio. My studio is under my house in Oakland. And I had a, a thousand post-it notes across the wall. And a friend of mine who's a marketer came by and she, she was a, a beginner painter, very hungry to paint. So she was over here getting painting lessons from me. And she looked at my, my wall and she's like, Forrest, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm, I'm giving a Ted talk. Aren't you proud of me? And she started reading through it. She's like, give me your Ted talk right now. And I was like, Whoa, easy there. I'm not ready. She's like, no, you, you need to be ready. You're, you think you're such a badass artist. Like, give me your Ted talk. And she, she's straight, like threw me under the bus. And so I gave her the Ted talk real quick. And she said, Forrest, that sucked. It's like, what? She's like, Forrest, that sucks. She's like, you're telling a story about white dudes succeeding in Silicon Valley and patting each other on the back and, and asking each other permission to do tech things. Like nobody cares. She's like, you need to tell a story that resonates with everyone. You need to tell a story that resonates with 50% of the people in the room are going to be women. No one cares about two dudes asking each other for permission and patting each other on the back. It's like, okay. So I need, she's like, you need to tell an empathetic story about problem solving, about family, about the other part of your life. You know, you're, you're a dad, you're a partner, you're educated. This was hard. Why was it hard? How does it relate to life? And what that really told me was no one cares about the speaker. People only care about themselves, seeing themselves in the speaker. Back to people don't care about the art. They only care about seeing themselves in the solution that artists make, Mm -hmm. that designers make. And as soon as I had that epiphany, I was able to write my TED Talk in a manner for other people to see themselves in my struggle. And that's why it resonates with you. If it was just a like, hey, I did super interesting. Mm -hmm. I did great. I'm such a great artist. Check out my art, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, boring. But because I drew you, I drew you into some drama. You know, and it was the hardest thing that I'd done in years giving a TED talk. I didn't know how to give a TED talk to remember like 1300 words. Isn't like, that your first time or? Yeah. 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 Wow. For <laughs> real. Um, it doesn't look like your first time. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank yeah. you. And I'm honored that you even watched it. Thank you so much. It was a trying experience for someone. I mean, I'm a professional at turning my back on the audience and drawing and not having to look at the audience, right? I do a lot of live art and I don't look at the artist. I look at my artwork while people watch me draw. This is the first time that I yeah. had to take the mic and for 15 minutes straight, like keep people's attention on a story. Man, I thought multiple times in my TED talk, I thought I crashed the plane. I, you know, I thought I had failed my TED talk multiple times and I got to the end and people applauded. I thought I was going to get booed off stage 100% in reality because I, I screwed it up, but no one knows. I, I brought them through a story. I got off stage. I watched it later. And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't suck. I thought I did. So it's really, you know, permission to, to try. Permission to fail and be cool with, with the failure and try again if you, if you get the chance. And hopefully you will. So yeah, that's really, 
<laughs> I started doing space art, not knowing what space art was going to be. We put art on hundreds of spaceships with laser beams and silkscreen, put art on rocket ships. And I was like, what's next? What can I put on next? Who can I work with next? And because I was the first artist of an artist in residence program that I created at the aerospace lab, I got poached uh, by Google and they said, Forrest, come work with us. We're starting this interesting new venture with quantum computing. Um, come do yeah. what you've done at, at Planet Labs putting art on spaceships, bringing out the culture in people, having it be solution-based, creative-centric, um, you know, beautifully visual, beautifully emotional, functional, getting the team to show up for their own creative permission. Come do that with us. And so I jumped ship at right about the same time that I gave that TED Talk. And so for three years now, I've been working with Google's Quantum crew. And that's down in Southern California, so about five hours drive from here. So I fly back and forth pre-COVID, and now I'm driving back and forth when I need to. And we've built out a big laboratory. We put art on a lot of things. We're making giant paintings that wrap around the quantum computer. And it's the same game to me. I just love to draw, and I love to bring out creativity in other people. And that's really has become my superpower. Like I may be a good artist, and I'm down to battle, you know, I'm down to to do some artwork and try to be better than the next person. That's what graffiti taught me. But I also want to bring out the best in the viewer. I want to bring out the best in the solution maker that's shoulder to shoulder. And that's really what has allowed me to be a contractor on salary as a consultant for companies like Google is the fact that I can moment after moment after moment instance after instance is bring out the best in other people's creativity with my creative creativity with my ideas sit down and be a facilitator of creative team building and emotional connection and trust with my creativity you know i want to spawn and drive mm -hmm. not just innovation but systems thinking and emotional based artwork through why i'm there and if because i have figured out that now I'm on salary every month and I get a paycheck every month. It's not just like one in, do a mural, get it done, get out. Or one in, do a logo, get out. You know, I get to, to work with the people driving these programs and help them as a creative consultant because they need consultancy. It, it makes them better when they work with other masters. And so, yeah, as I've become my own master of my own field and craft, you know, and I'm just started. Um, there's a lot of mastery that I still have to have. When when I'm 80, we're going to have this conversation and be like, where are you at now? I'll be like, I'm really at <laughs> the now. Um, but, you know, I'm 43 and I got I got family to to also think about. So I, I'm not totally mastered yet, but we we got a lot of lot of ways to go. And thankfully, when you ask for permission and you do your best work and you bring out the best in other people. You know, you get the op you get the option to show up at the table. So, yeah, artists and residents programs have allowed me to hack my way in to the industry. It allowed me to have a seat at the table. And because I'm very diverse in my work, it's allowed me to step up and do vivacious stuff in front of folks. And that's really been fun. So yeah, that's my very long answer. Yes. Super interesting, mate. And I think, you know, you, you hit a lot of points there and especially, you know, asking for permission. So and uh, you know in the philippines you know if you're introverted shy uh, you know you just <laughs> you just go with the system you know uh in in a day-to-day -day basis it's like 
it's like uh, a normal thing that uh, they uh, you don't ask permission, right? So sometimes uh, I realize when when you are uh, talking about these things, or maybe you know maybe we should change the narrative a little bit, right? And maybe we could uh, create more cooler stuff, you know, more uh, functional stuff and meaningful for for the people around us right and not only for for businesses or our clients especially for the people around us or our family right and hopefully they would you know they would generate a more curiosity right generate more inspiration and breeds more creativity to uh, to the community right so super thankful forest for sharing that and uh, uh just uh, you know just shifting a little bit with with in terms to to your journey right and uh, i'm 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 really curious when when you know when we you talking about this you know cooking, uh, quantum computer right and uh, bringing art to space aerospace i think there's a lot of uh uh overlaying fields here here right art science philosophy i don't know physics right all of this interesting stuff right that are uh, I think uh, like uh, IBM, Microsoft, and Google are doing a lot of uh, research about Google quantum computer, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, when when a design or when an artist, right, or want to work with with this kind of stuff, what what's your best practical advice for them to really you know bring the best work out there and to really help? Uh, you know the 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 clients or the business itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let's 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 unpack mm-hmm. that. Let's preface that a little bit. I'm gonna ask you a question. What's your definition of art, and what's your definition of design? So art is like expressing yourself, and design uh, would be probably problem solving. So that's. <laughs> I think that's the general term here or gen- okay. general okay. things. Yeah. And so art is expressing yourself. Um, the, the situation when I step into a very art, very scientific space mm-hmm. that they, the conversation may be very much wrapped around hard science. It very, it may be wrapped mm-hmm. around, you know, mathematical theories, physics, um, science ideas that are so thick and deep in scholastic knowledge that the outsider, there's an opaque sphere between the inside where the science is and the outside where the audience is. So there needs to be an emotional draw from that hard science to the audience. And the design side of that is it needs to be, it needs to be formulaically, systematically set up to provide ultimately the stairway, the doorway to get that audience through that opaque sphere. I mean, almost like brutally breaking the opaque sphere of the hard science for the outsider to to want to be drawn in and to get in and understand at a base level. So I've created Mm -hmm. artist residence programs to, to provide that doorway, not just to an outside audience, but to different team members, you know, you may have a hard science team with people who actually need to be on the finance side of it, who need to be on the marketing side of it or the advertising side of it. They need to understand it and be able to grok that information without, you know, without having a background in physics, 
uh, they just they need to be able to sell the sell the solution. You know, make it make an ecosystem of sales out of it. So they bring in a designer and artist to help illuminate the idea. Like that's what illustration does. Illustration brings light to the words with pictures and pictures with words. It's the the middle ground. It's the creative space in between the art and the design. Is is why I love illustration. Why I love gotcha. to be illuminator. And so. My my design studio is built around three pillars. It's built around one that that illustration pillar. I studied illustration. I I was always an illustrator. Even when I was doing fine art, I was illustrating things. You know, based on my love of comic books, graphic novels, Japanese woodblock prints, graffiti, street art. You know, graphic graphic design, epic graphic design through the ages. Um, so I'm an I was I studied illustration and I love illustration. I love to draw. So I'm I technically am a very good illustrator in my style. I spent my second pillar is live art. I bring that illustration form outside of my sketchbook, outside of my studio, and I do a lot of live art at conferences, for conferences, for events, being the person who's illuminating the common conversation idea in front of people in more of a theatrical facilitated manner. So people see it as, wow, you're speaking our idea in a more exciting way that we could even know how to speak it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I am the example with live art. And that allows me to be in front of people that have never been to my studio or would never go to my art show. Like all of a sudden my artwork's in front of them and they can't not look at it because it's designed in a manner that's brutal. It's abrupt, it's powerful, it's graphic. It's everything that I want it to be because I know about focal point and about contrast and about you know drawing your eye and putting your eye where I want it, I can tell the story that I want you to see because I can visually sword fight you right into a spot where I can you know parry you and succeed and win. The third, the third pillar of what I do in my studio with my crew is we create artists in residence programs like I just described at Google and, and, and the aerospace firm. We create these programs so we can be shoulder to shoulder and have this vivacious, traditionally artistic experience next to them having their traditional scientific experience. And we can trade inspiration back and forth. And I can do big piece. And, you know, personally, I'll be doing big paintings and I'll fail and they'll watch me fail. And they'll then they'll see me succeed a couple hours later. And they're like, wow, Forrest, I thought you just crashed that painting. I thought that was done. <laughs> you, you were really at that 80% ugly point. But you you added 20 more percent and now it's fresh, it's tight. And then I asked them, I was like, show me an example of where you're failing and you want to succeed. I've had so many people pull me over to their computer and show me the code that they're writing, show me the the table that they're hacking and making this piece of hardware or writing this software or making a spreadsheet, even, you know, a financial spreadsheet. They're like, I can't get past this problem. But I just saw you fail, so I'm inspired to succeed in new ways. I don't, I don't know how to write Python code. I don't know how to make, you know, write or get in a CAD program and produce a spaceship, spaceship parts. But the unique part of that is the practice, is the trust that you can get from point A, which you know is the start point, to point B, which is the medium part where nothing looks great, you know, halfway through to point C where you're like 80% and everything looks shitty and everything sucks because it's not quite dialed yet. Everyone who is trying to succeed goes through these steps. 
us artists, we may do it on a more wild, weird, abstract manner, but scientists are doing it too. You know, a solution isn't made till it's done. It oscillates between good and bad all the way through. And when they watch me fail, they have permission to fail. And then we can succeed together through pushing through and getting to that point. I've had so many people come over to me and say, thank you. You inspired me so much with this painting. I'm like, are you going to paint now? And they're like, no, I don't want to paint. I just want to go. <laughs> I just want to go be creative in my own solutions. And so that makes, you know, yeah. I had nothing. The artwork had nothing to do with it. It was really about like, how <laughs> I show up next to them with my best work and their best work. And together we push to a new level. It's almost like the innovation is in the conversation. Like mm -hmm. that is in the conversation and we're able to throw things at the wall and see what sticks together because they're they're seeing me fail and they can fail and then we can both succeed. So <clears throat> those are the three verticals at which I really stand on. You know, the great art, the connection of art through facilitation, and then the connection of a solid conversation that's that's more, that's a long-term conversation. Artists in residence programs, I'm in three years with Google and I'm still the primary artist in residence. We haven't even brought in another artist because of where that where the laboratory is, where the conversation is, you know, we're in middle yeah. of, COVID. we can't bring people into the lab. So I'm the principal artist right now. I'm excited to bring in the next artist, but we're in no rush, you know, but an artist in residence could also be three months or even, even a week or two, you know, depending on the space. Um, it's all about getting shoulder to shoulder and pushing each other to succeed. So yeah, those are my verticals. And that's how I, I feel like I could enter any space and have this conversation, whether it's a business and marketing and banking and insurance and fully fiscal situation, or whether it's, you know, my kid's first grade class, I can come in and yeah. trust out of people. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and I, yeah, need to, yeah. I need to stand on my own technique and my own skills. Absolutely. We all do. Like, don't try to show up if you're not, if you're not good. <laughs> Ask for I, I love the I love the part that you've mentioned, like building the trust, right? Uh, yeah. Especially for uh, if you don't have any technical background with in terms to your colleagues, right? Or if you're working on something that you know there's different fields, there's different uh, terminologies or jargons, right? And yeah. I think you 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 mentioned it better that you have to really tr uh, trust the process, right? Fail pass uh, yeah. and uh, fail forward. Uh, right so to really you know to really hone to, or develop that solutions that we we we're really aiming for right so thank you so much for us for for sharing that and uh, before you know before we wrap up this podcast session so uh, actually i'm just wrapping up my head to all the things that you mentioned you know <laughs> these things are really a massive uh uh, experience for me, uh, really an inspirational, really uh, learning experience for me, and uh, I just wanna, I just wanna make sure that I would ask this right. So uh, all, all throughout your journey, right, uh, you're now a father, right, a family man, you know, uh, a very successful man, right. So you have tremendous work out there, you know, super awesome work out there, uh, you know, all of these stuff, right. What uh, when uh, I don't know if if you have any any struggles, right? Or what are you? Uh, well, what's the what's the biggest struggles, and how do you overcome it? Yeah, and good question, Jay Christ. Uh, the struggles. So I'm going to tell a quick story, <laughs> and that illuminates this. 
So when mm -hmm. I got done with grad school, I was still a small town kid living in the city, trying to do big things. I knew how to do live art. I knew how to do work that was visually impactful, but I didn't know how to play that game. I didn't know how to get it out there. And mm, yeah. I got a job doing live art for the company DeviantArt. You may know DeviantArt. It's an online community, beautiful mm -hmm. online community that kind of was a precursor to even MySpace and Facebook. And now it's kind of the, the beautiful old school community that is still around. Um, I eventually became the art director of that brand. And through my audacity of doing live art and my ability to drop in and, and technically be a good artist in any, in any form that they threw at me, whether it like was digital drawing or large graffiti or making posters or whatever, I just kept saying yes. I just kept asking for permission to do more. And all of a sudden I'm designing the shirts and um, director of the brand. And the thing that was most powerful in that experience, it was me breaking through the struggle was they wanted me to be the rock star of the, the website. And, you know, it was like 30 million people. It's like, how do you be a rock star of 30 million people? You can't speak to 30 million people. So I had to step back and step back and step back. I said, what's the universal nature of all of these beginner artists and all these established artists in like 2,000 different fields of art? What the, to me, the heartbeat of all of us was practice. And so I put on my practice, like truly my practice badge and started building the whole story about the struggle of practice. That's what makes us all the same artist is if we show up to practice, then we will all be good. If we help each other practice, then we'll all be good together. So the first struggle was realizing that we're all not great to begin with, but through, through dedicated learning and dedicated practice and reading a ton of books and emulating and stealing great ideas, we will become great designers through practicing and understanding business, we'll be able to apply that into the bigger world. By you know, you're providing such a rad service by asking people questions and bringing out stories of successes and struggles. Um, so that was when I realized that practice was bigger than anything. Practice is the most mm -hmm. important thing as an artist to realize that by practicing, you get better every single day. 1% growth every single day, in 100 days, you'd be 100% better. Like, that's epic. So, yeah, 100%. Practice. And so now, you know, I'm 20 years past um, being a professional artist. I'm, I'm deep in this. I'm 12 years past having a master's degree in illustration. I'm deep in having art all over things that I never knew. I didn't study how to put art on spaceships. I figured it out because I asked a ton of questions and I showed up and did my best work until I got to that point. And now I'm, you know, I'm putting art on quantum computers and I, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping that learner's mindset. What's the biggest struggle for me is being overstretched in my, in my offering and not having enough arms to do all the work quick enough. Um, and not having the bandwidth to be like the tertiary person to tell the story about what's happening in my studio, the process shots, the uh, the case studies, the social media stories in order to mm -hmm. keep the story up to date and fresh. Like it's just me, I'm a one man army in here. And when I do big projects, I hire a team. Or when I do artists in residence programs, I hire a, a team of folks to come be those artists. But you know, I'm a solo entrepreneur in my studio rocking every single day by myself. I'm an only child, I'm used to being alone. And I love the solitude. 
but I wish that I was better skilled at telling my story on a more, you know, up to date manner. So, you know, maybe I'll hire you to help me out with that because you seem to be <laughs> really good at that. Um, I urge people to um, have a collective of people that can help each other out, push each other, drive each other, hold each other accountable. You know, my struggles are usually helped when I ask my partner, Tori, who is a very creative person, but she's not a traditional artist. I'll say, hey, how can, how do you think that I could solve this problem? And she'll tell me a solution that's like so poignant and so on the nose that I feel like she punched me uh-huh. because it's like so <laughs> straight up. I'm like, oh, of course. Why didn't I think of that? I was in my design mode. I was in my art with my art hat on trying to be all touchy feely. And she's like, just do it this way, man. Like, stop being stupid. She's like, you've got a great idea, great talent, but like you're, you're, you're too hard. Just tell them a, this story. And I'm like, oh, so my struggle is always, it always helps me get through every struggle by asking permission, um, helping my kid through art projects. You know, I have a seven-year-old and she's a much better artist than I'll ever be because she's fearless, you know, sitting down with her and painting and drawing with her. I'm like, let's draw some monsters. She'll draw some epic monsters. I'm like, oh, I should have thought of that. I've drawn a million monsters and I've never drawn one that good. So I'll, you know, I'll stand on her shoulders and I'll be like, can I borrow that idea? <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, it's all about being in conversation. Um, Jay Christ, mm-hmm. what's your biggest struggle right now? What are you working on? What are you trying to get through? Uh, yeah, you're asking me, right? So yeah, uh, r- right now. So actually, uh, it's like, I don't know if you've heard this term, like uh, vivid mind eye. So I don't see any challenges right now, right? I, I feel like it's a long journey ahead of me. It's an everlasting journey. I don't know if that makes sense. But uh, I'm trying, uh, I think one of the but one of the biggest struggles that uh, right now that probably I've overcome for, for the past four years of uh, building this podcast, building this uh, this life, or designing the life that I really want or you know really need, is it's like uh, I think it's uh, being overwhelmed with a lot of things, you know, a lot of informations are going in and out, right? And I have to discern, right? So I have to I have to develop the skill set of discerning. So. And uh, luckily, I navigate that part. And uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest struggle, you know. Uh, this learning is kind of uh, the next generation skills that everyone should master. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. You know, um, mm-hmm. to me, it's really, it comes down to concentration, discrimination, organization, and innovation, you know, and communication. Mm-hmm. So like those five things, if you can mix them up, you know, the concentration is crucial. That's a, that's a gotcha. thing, but the discrimination, the discernment of knowing <laughs> where to point your energy and where not to point your energy. Like that's a skill that we don't, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. we don't, no one teaches us that, but it's that beauty, the beauty of efficiency of a system that we have to learn in order to be successful designers of solutions. So yeah, good point. Um, what got you into podcasting rather than just being a pixel pushing designer? Like why, why podcast? Uh, I don't know. It's it's still a hard questions for me. But I, 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 with that being said, I think uh, it's trying to uh, you know. I think there's there's something beyond 
on on my works right there's beyond uh it's beyond making stuff beautiful it's beyond making functional uh functional experiences meaningful experiences it's beyond making money as well and uh i, I don't have words for it it's like uh, just trying to uh to to connect with a lot of great minds at the same time probably contribute on my uh, on my uh uh passion project with my passion project right with the podcast with with the things that going on with with in terms to my personal journey right or building a brand or building a business and then try to transcend those uh snippets of insights the practical insights for anyone who has a struggle as well uh, uh like me right or anyone who who has these rabbit holes right now and they probably they could loot or uh get some piece of advice from from the podcast that I made or episode that I made made with some of the great creatives and entrepreneurs right so yeah if that makes sense that totally makes sense <laughs> do you recommend um uh-huh. do you recommend that artists make a podcast so they can find this this journey for themselves like it, 100% 100% so yeah. i think it's really uh, for me uh it's hard to find your own space right it's really really hard especially uh there's a lot of uh great people out there awesome people great works out there and then at the same time uh uh life would happen as well right financially in business side right so and i think when you're doing some podcast right it's it's like you're transcending some some useful insight from from your useful self right or meaningful self or meaningful experiences that you are having right now and then try to try to communicate that with with your previous self as well right and then mm-hmm. probably those previous self would be someone who are just getting started right or would be someone that uh who who was shy like you right yeah. It, yeah. something like that and uh, it it's it's really hard to find some uh some words for it so uh but yeah i think that that's the most uh the most uh piece of uh answers that i could that i could share so yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, I've, how I've, about you for us yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you are you thinking to really uh make more updates within terms to you know real updates within terms to your works and your career you know beautiful stuff going on with your studios well that's a great question um and i want to dovetail that with what you just said i wanted i wanted what you just said to be my question but you jumped you jumped into it um uh yes uh should i ask my question first um what i what i want to say to that point is i find podcasts so beautifully human i find podcasts mm-hmm. 100% so um like viscerally what humans do we are uh for so many millennia you know we were tight groups of people that only that organized with like 100 people or less 200 people maybe if there was good times and we would all really be sitting around fires trying to be safe trying to be warm telling each other stories like it's in our dna to sit around mm-hmm. be safe tell each other stories and then go gather food and like <laughs> try to try to keep the the tigers off of us with sharp sticks and you know go out and gather food for millennia we did that we weren't writing things we weren't 
we probably weren't having very deep stories, but we had these big ideas that we were constantly sharing with each other. And podcasts and even things like Clubhouse um, connect us to that human nature of storytelling, which I think is so beautiful. And it is transcendent of whatever thing you're studying, whatever whatever business you're in, whatever institution that you're repping or acad- academia sector that you're pitching, right? Telling stories is the universal human thing. And so podcasts are great. And I'm really finding um, that I yeah. to make 100%. a podcast. I want to make my own podcast to tell the stories of what's inspiring people in the artists and residence programs that I'm making. You know, yeah, why, that would how, be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to interview the artists next to the scientists and really bring out the individual stories of of the kind of the illustration, the illumination story that I said about working together and shoulder to shoulder and pushing each other to solution. Like I want to tell those stories one because I think yeah, it would be sure. case I want to hear that as well, right? Yeah. As a human being, right? So and actually uh, to add on your super useful uh, points there Uh, for us, I think uh, when you do podcasts, you don't have to be perfect, right? So, mm-hmm. and I think uh, when I'm here, when I'm in my studio or home studio, uh, it's my own space, right? So perfectionism is not uh, exists here. It's not existing here. You you could like what you mentioned before, you could fail a lot, and then uh, got to get get to a lot of rabbit holes, right? And yeah. but. Uh, But after that, at the end of the day, you'll you'll you know you'll get a lot of a ton of learning experiences, you know, a, a ton of meaningful uh, 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 conversations, right? And not only for for uh, for for your audience at the same time, for yourself as well, because sometimes I do solo podcasts, right? So mm-hmm. I I'm I'm kind of talking to my previous self, right? And then. Trying to transcend that, and then hopefully, uh, hopefully that uh, that uh, that previous self would learn, uh, and then apply this future self or a future self of mine. So basically, it's 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 like it's like uh, uh, dreaming, uh, dreaming, uh, living a life, right? Or trying yeah. to to make something <laughs> useful uh, as much as we <laughs> as much as possible. Because uh, uh, you know, I just realized I just uh, I just I just had a birthday yesterday, so I'm I'm all uh, I'm 30 now, right? So there's a lot of good stuff that I want to make as well, right? <laughs> Hopefully, Happy birthday, man. The community. Beautiful. Thank you, man. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, you're and Thanks, you're a man. you're a wise 30 year old. Thanks, you're man. Like mm-hmm. Guru of storytelling. I really appreciate where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, man. I'm an old soul. Yeah, so <laughs> I I feel like I'm actually I feel like I'm 60 years old now. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to you know uh, I'm trying to stay young, uh, grow old, but never grow. I I mean uh, I'm trying to make sure that you know I still I still pursue what I want to pursue as much as I can. So. Well, I, uh, I, have we did. Mm-hmm. I have a question for your old soulness. So in, <laughs> in your in your look at what I do and your look at my business, uh-huh. what what words of advice do you have for me? What do I need to do in order to level up? 
You know, what what words of advice would you have for me so that the listeners right now could be like, oh, dang, Forrest does need to do this. And I could do that. You know, the, the audience could do it, too. Like, like, give it to me. Give me a little critique of what I'm doing that I could do better. Oh, man, th- that's really hard because uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, for me, what, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, I think I would go back to to my journey when I'm just getting started. I think uh, what I'm asking about about. Uh, on that specific timeline uh when when i'm trying to really hone my skills uh because back then i'm i'm more on the programming side right but i try to i try to uh to jump ship into more of the speaking side of me right and or writing right so or honing my writing skills back then so i think uh, uh questions that i've asked to myself back then is, uh, 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 can I can I do it practically, right? Or can I do it even though that I have a lot of projects on the side, right? So, and uh, I think a lot of it boils down on practicality, right? So if it's it's practical, uh, if it's this tool would be practical enough to. To, for you, for your business, or for your career. So just try to, you know, just try to align that to what you are doing, and then try to share your journey, right, without the ego. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. and then, you know, uh, hopefully it would create a balance within terms to to your uh, to your career, family life, and you know, if if that. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I'm always looking for for ways to grow and always looking for ways to stand on my own shoulders and the shoulders of others who I'm in story with. So thank you so much. For sure. So for I that. think at the end of the day, we just want to document our journey here, right? So and hopefully it would be useful for, for you know, when you're in, you, let's say you're a caveman, right? So you try to sketch something that you know. And probably uh, the next generation would see that, right? Something like that. And it's it's a history, right? And hopefully that that would be similar to what we are doing. And you know, uh, just documenting documenting our journey. So yeah, Forrest, thank you so much for that question. So, so <laughs> I'm 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 taking my back. I'm, I'm taking my interviewing and uh, interview seat now, right? So I'm the interviewer now. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> go. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for a lot of great, you know, great stuff that you share. Awesome stuff. I think all of those, you know, useful tips are super powerful. And uh, uh, before we, you know, before we go dive, uh, before we go to the last questions that I wanna, uh, I wanna uh, ask you, uh, can you share a little uh, any tools that you want to share for? For designers or artists out there, well, what's your your you know your recommended tools that you are using? Interesting. You you mean tangible tools? Um, yeah, yeah, tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always have a five by eight dotted sketchbook with you. Always have your sketchbook with you. Always have a pen that that ideas have permission to spill out of you in ways that you don't need an eraser. You don't need to edit. You don't need to spell things right. You just need to practice. Um, I love dotted notebooks because I can write beautiful script, beautiful handwriting. I can practice my handwriting. I can draw graphs, but I can also 
draw illustrations and then scan it and you know in photoshop edit it out i'm i'm very prolific and very good at at manipulating and making my designs a digital through photoshop i'm a drawing based artist and i do a lot of tightening up drawing on on photoshop and in vector programs illustrator and whatnot on my ipad but also you know know how to scan your drawings and how to clean them up in photoshop so you can deliver a finished digital piece that still has the integrity of your drawing um so no understand photoshop is a huge tool um, i've got a wacom tablet i've got you know mm -hmm. these other design tools that help me out make more clean drawings but sketchbook understanding that having a sketchbook and writing down every single idea you have always 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 doing that is the best tool that I could possibly gotcha. give anyone. You know, gotcha. come come to my studio if you're in town, and I'll I'll give you a sketchbook <laughs> if you don't got one. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I would I would happy to have a sketchbook from you. How about books, Forrest? Do you have any books recommendation for well, anyone who yeah. wants um, to draw a line with with in terms to <laughs> you know what you're doing right now? Aerospace, science, arts, you know, uh, physics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um. My my favorite books. I I listen to audiobooks endlessly while I'm drawing. You know, I'm constantly listening to audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to your point, a great physics book is um you must be joking, Mr. Feynman. A beautiful business book is um own own the system. You know, that's a super epic systems thinking book. A great psychology book is uh yeah, Psycho Cybernetics is a psychology gotcha. book about keeping your brain fresh, keeping your practice optimistic, leaning in. You know, uh, the oh, so yeah, that's a that's one of my favorite favorite books right now. The let me go through. I'm I'm pulling up my my audio books. Um, yeah, got, gotcha, gotcha. I love a good sci-fi book, man. I love a good sci-fi book, but I I have to give myself the structure of listening to a business book and then a sci-fi book, uh -huh. and then a and then a design-centric book and then a sci-fi book. I can't just listen to sci-fi. Like I can't just do yeah. that, or else I wouldn't learn anything. Um, gotcha. So the book Sapiens is phenomenal. It's a great book about human. Mm -hmm. The book Scrum. Oh my God, that book helped me Scrum, so much. Yeah. <laughs> Being a design, a time system thinker. Like how to how to oh, build yeah. systems and thinking. Oh my God, um, so good. You know, um, mindset books about mindset. Oh, the an astronaut's guide to life. I worked in aerospace, mm -hmm. so this is a this is an astronaut, a Canadian astronaut, Chris Hadfield, and he teaches the philosophy of be number zero. Always be support. Mm, interesting. Always be supporting the success of those around you, because if you support the success of those around you as zero, not number one, and not even number two, but yeah, well, by supporting those around you you will be mm -hmm. supported too. You know, if gotcha. the common conversation is uplifting and going forward, you you can always have permission to be in it if you support those around you. If you always are trying to be number one, you're always cutting down someone else. And so that's a really beautiful piece mm -hmm. of, block. you know, the philosophical book, The Four Agreements, solid, solid, solid mm -hmm. book. Um, but the, the one that I want to give to you right now, I just started this one yesterday while I was reading, and it's got a funny name. But it's called the E Myth Enterprise: How to Turn mm -hmm. a Great Idea into a Thriving Business. And man, this guy's got some gold nuggets. So terrible name for a book, really good book, a little bit dated, but like solid, solid. So yeah, gotcha. I read 
every single day. We could talk about this all day long. Yeah, for sure. I, I will I will add that on our show notes below for anyone who are listening right now. So um, maybe Forrest, you could send the, the list on, of it and I will add that on our show notes below, right? And then, yeah, I think that's that's it, right? So there's a lot of golden nuggets already you've shared and ho- hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast session with me, Forrest. Uh, you know, I'm super thankful i'm super grateful to have you on the podcast uh, i think you're very busy thank you so much for dropping by so uh, before you know before our last words uh, hopefully not our last words but <laughs> but before we end this podcast session uh, in bird's eye view right uh, let's say you're 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 uh, you're uh, you're a bird flying in the sky you you see this you know beautiful uh, sceneries beautiful people beautiful human beings uh, and uh, you see someone who is struggling, let's say, you know, struggling to find their purpose or find their passion. What's your best practical advice for them? Uh, just go, go talk to them and ask them what, ask them what they, their biggest dreams are. You know, go, mm-hmm. go, go buy them coffee. Go get warm with them, next to them. Show, show some humanity to them and, and ask them about them. And then help, help bring out their best in themselves. We can't help everyone in the world. Gotcha. So people, and I just don't have that much money in my pocket to give all my money to everyone all the time. But what I can yeah. do is I can bring out the best in people by asking them about them. And then they feel seen and heard. And that's how we, that's how we help people is by making people feel seen and heard. I mean, Jay Christ, you're doing this. 100%. You're bringing out the best in people and bringing out things about people that they didn't know they wanted to share. So thank you. For, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you're you, man. ample. So thank, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for that, man. Thank you so much. That really means a ton. So if they want to learn more about your works uh, and, uh, you know, if they have any questions uh, uh, on anything that you are doing right now or, you know, all the talks that we've, uh, we've, uh, we've talked, uh, I know all uh, these awesome conversations are <laughs> these awesome conversations we had. So what's what's the best links that they could reach you out? Well, draweverywhere.com is my is my portfolio mm-hmm. website, and I am not looking really for new work right now. So I have a portfolio website rather than a you know a funnel mm-hmm. website. But feel free to check that out. Uh, check me out on Instagram. More of kind of a personal story. Draw Everywhere Studios, and you can get in touch with me through my website and I'm always down for the conversation. If you're in Oakland, let's have coffee. Let's have coffee. Tell me for about sure. <laughs> you know, any of you listeners you're around. Um, you know, let's, let's have coffee on the weekend because that's when we have time to socialize and let's, yeah. let's down, let's collaborate. Let's draw together. You there know, you let's go together. Yeah. Drawer, uh, draw everywhere.com. So that's D R A W. I don't know what I'm doing, why I'm doing this, but D R A W E victory E R Y W H E R E.com. So draw everywhere. So I'll put the links on our show notes below, including the IG, right? Uh, handle of forest on our show notes below to, to those who are listening right now, make sure to scroll down. Right, that that just too much scroll down, please. <laughs> Don't scroll down too much. Just you know, you could uh, learn. Uh, you could learn more about uh, this conversation. Probably I'll add the summarize summarized version of this conversation and all the things that 
we've mentioned here, like the books, recommendations, and tools for anyone who are listening right now. So I think that's it, Forrest. Thank you so much, man, for dropping by on the podcast and hope you enjoyed the podcast session with me. Oh, I absolutely adored it. Thank you. I'm going to jump to another meeting. It's the beginning of my day. Jay Christ, have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful sleep. I look forward to seeing you again. Um, thank you for appreciating the art and living the, the, the creative life. You're doing great work. I appreciate you 100%. Super great, Paul Forrest. Thank you so much. <laughs> Peace. And that's it. So thank you so much, guys, for listening again to the podcast. And I really appreciate it. For those people who are asking me on how to support the podcast, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So in that way, you can help me to reach more people and make the podcast more discoverable within the ecosystem. You can also take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with your friends, colleagues, or to anyone that might be interested in this kind of contents. You can also support the podcast monetarily by visiting jchristtevez.com forward slash donate or patreon.com forward slash tdls and you can also shop courses and tools online to design the life you really deserve by visiting my shop at shop.jcrestevez.com and you can book a call today i don't buy it just let me know guys so the last one would be also by listening and to all the podcast episode and previous episode and however you support my message uh, how, however small that is uh, more than enough and it means the world to me so thank you so much and see you again next time <laughs>